What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Marquee on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me, we've got uh, Brock to my What's left. What's up? What's up, everybody? We've got the Super Saiyan Death Metal God, Nick, down below. I will probably forget character names occasionally. I am very tired. It's been a busy week. That's all right. We got you covered. You and me both. And returning to the podcast, we've got Lego. Hello. And we are wrapping up our discussion on Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. Now, before we get too deep into this part, I want to get to the people who were not here the last time. Nick, I'll start with you since you're the freshest on the show altogether. Your um, thoughts so far on the series? I'm just happy the most popular show on TV is a horror series. That's what makes me the most happy about it. I really like the show. I don't really have too much to complain about or bitch about. And uh, at least it doesn't have a fan base that harasses actors. Hashtag Star Wars fans ruin Star Wars. Yeah, well said. Not wrong. Uh Brock, what about you? Uh, your thoughts on Stranger Things before oh. pre uh, season two or season four? Oh, I love it. I I, I love like there. I again, I have very few things to complain about. It's it it's great. It's got the best step stepmom that anyone could ever ask for in Steve Harrington. I like, I love everyone in the show. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, I I think just ov- overall this show has been incredible um i know some people aren't as hot on seasons two and three but i i just think this show really hasn't had like a a bad season so Mm -hmm. far and i'd go as far to say season four is probably their best now we'll now we'll start to get a little bit deeper into volume two so lego i'll start with you how how'd you feel about the way this season ended in its entirety, like looking at Papa and the piggyback, I think the episodes were a really great cap on the seasons. They were very long episodes, and I felt like it somehow seemed simultaneously to take a really long time, but also somehow still felt rushed towards the very, very end. Uh, I'm not generally a fan of the cut to two days later, but ultimately I do think it would have been better than just ending it right there because that wouldn't have really made sense since not everyone had gotten back together. Not a big fan of the whole Russia thing. That felt very contrived. Like they really had to make a reason for Hopper to come back. But otherwise, I'm still very excited for season five. And that's the important part. Yeah. Um, the way the way that this season ended, um, I'm very excited for how the whole series is going to conclude. But we'll 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 get back to that in a minute. Um, Brock, I'll start with I'll start with you. Um, just piggybacking off um, what Lego said about the Russia subplot. Um, how how did you feel about that um, as as we've reached like the end of this season? I mean, I, I'm not as, like, some people, like, 
really, really hate that Russia subplot. I'm kind of just in the middle. I mean, is it the highlight of the show? No. Would I cry myself to sleep at night if it wasn't in it? No. Am I upset that it's in it? No. <laughs> it's just, I'm kind of there. I mean, Hopper got something to do. And I'm I'm glad that they got something between Joyce and Hopper. Like, did it need to be this? No, it didn't. But I was okay with it. And, um, yeah, it, it just, it is what it is. I mean, I'm happy that Hawking should be the only place that had something happen, in my opinion. So I was okay with something else happening somewhere or someone hearing about it. Because even back then, that would be something incredibly hard to keep contained to one area. Yeah. Someone would have said something. Someone would have figured something out. It would have got out somewhere. Do I guarantee it would have been Russians? No, but it's the 80s. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, it is, it is what it is. I will never tell someone that they aren't allowed to say that they didn't like it because, again, it's something that could be completely gone from the show and it wouldn't hurt it. I think ultimately where I, where I land is I'm a fan of David Hopper um, or David Harbour. And, yeah. um, and I like that he got um, some pretty hefty material to work with. So I wouldn't I wouldn't want to cut out the Russia subplot altogether, but I also understand those who feel that yeah, it didn't add too much to like the story at large. It definitely could have been um had a little bit more time in the kitchen. Yeah. With working out how they were gonna do it. It definitely could have been structure wise, it was off, even if you did like it. It was kind of janky. I can't really disagree there. Nick, what about you? Uh, I think Brock put it the best. I'm not... I, I don't hate it, but I'm not necessarily like this is the highlight of the show for me. At least we got to see David Harbour decapitate a Demogorgon yeah. with a uh, Conan sword. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a genuine cheer moment. So for that alone, that's at least worth watching. And plus... I at least like the characters enough to at least not just go, okay, this kneecaps it for me. It doesn't tarnish or diminish the experience for me. And I, th I think in volume two, something I really liked was the, like the actual dynamic between like the four, the four characters, um, Joyce, um, Murray, Enzo, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Dimitri. Dimitri. Uh, no, Dimitri oh, is Enzo. It's oh, uh, right. Yuri. Uh, Yuri. Yuri. Yeah. Yuri. Yes, Yuri, the great pe the peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and secret huge fan of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> even even after he kind of sort of turns good, I still want to punch Yuri in the face. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The guy needs his teeth rearranged. Oh, and for the record, by the way, I literally waited until these last two episodes were out. I literally just watched the entire season four in a day. Dang. So you, you had the authentic Stranger Things experience. Oh, I wasn't watching part of a season. I was literally just going, I'm going to watch this entire thing. I'm going to actually, you know, not have to wait two months 
or however long it was for these last two to come out, I'm going to watch an actual whole season. That's honestly, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. How, how you, how you got to experience, um, you got to experience the season in the way that mo- most people would like the, the first three. Something, something we talked about last time um, was the debate of whether, whether or not to release the show either weekly or just all at once. And I think ultimately the conclusion is it doesn't really matter as long as, long as you watch it however, however you please. Yeah. There'll be some yeah, people if it's released different. weekly that will wait anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> yeah. I almost kind of wish it was just done weekly because my thing, just watching the entire show, I just want, you could easily just have season one be its own thing and just pretend the other seasons never happened. But yet when you watch season two, it still feels like an organic continuation. Same with season three and same with this. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like best comparison I can really think of is Saw where it's just, it just feels like every single sequel just feels like it exists to, uh, to basically fill in the plot holes of the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Especially in the latter half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I I literally stopped watching after four when it became like pure torture garbage. Probably probably the smarter choice. Uh-huh. Oh, it's literally why I have no problem with Hopper being back because a it's kind of hinted at at the end of season three, and b I've seen dumber ways of bringing characters back from the dead. You're not wrong. Fair point. Now, speaking of characters who technically never actually died, let's talk about Vecna or Henry or one. One. First Everyone, of all, don't get that tattoo. I've, I've had to have this discussion with people. I shouldn't have to have that discussion with people. Don't. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, don't, don't make that tattoo. God. Go ahead. Um, anyway, I think I think one of my favorite things about Vecna is the like the character design. A- apparently, that was that was a pretty a, like a mix of CG and practical effects, and yeah. it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I I wish I could see more um, behind the foot like behind the scenes footage of how they they came up with that. I'll see if I can find it, but there is a uh, time lapse of showing him in the chair getting <laughs> the whole thing attached. I think the person doing the the makeup is Barry Gower, who, in terms of like practical effects these days, is like the Rick Baker of our generation. Very, very talented. Should look up his work. It's really impressive. But I did read that it took them like six hours to apply that to Jamie Campbell Bauer every time they did it. I don't doubt that. I'm kind of shocked it only took six. <laughs> right? What's up, Manny? Manny's a regular my, watcher. My thing I kind of feel like about this season two is, is it just me or does this kind of feel like it's the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie that's never been made? Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but you're not wrong. 
I mean, really, Vecna for me is just kind of like Freddy Krueger meets meets Pinhead from Hellraiser. Like the kind of just the design choice of having him look kind of like all burnt and barely even human anymore. But having basically the abilities of the Cenobites, that's wicked to me. You're, yeah, you're, that is pretty, that's pretty dead on. I didn't I'm, think about I'm, it that way. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure those were like exactly the influences for for that character. I'm assuming that's why the first victim was Chrissy, as a reference to Christy in Hellraiser. Makes sense. Yeah, that does. Nice. Um, so, like, oh, last time we we talked about uh, Jason and how he's actually the scariest villain in the season. Um. How how do you feel about the way uh, the way his story comes to a close? I don't know if it'll be annoying for me to applaud, so I'll just say major applaud. Just fantastic. Loved his demise. Perfect. And I like that you can actually hear him scream as he's dying. Just just so they really want to convey he is feeling this for a brief moment. Oh man, he's the worst. I really think Lucas might have been able to have saved Max if if Jason just hadn't been the douchiest of douchebags. Also, that other football player who tackled Erica, who's supposed to be like this 11-year-old little girl, horrible. He deserved to get wrecked too. Absolutely. I, I have comments in one minute when me and Mike talk about our favorite part in the, in the last episode. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there, I promise. Oh, <laughs> Often at the bit right now. <laughs> Um, Brock, how, how did you feel about, about Jason just as, as a foil in, in this season? I literally hated him more than Becca. Yeah. By, by, a, by a country mile. And even to go to Lugo's point, I love how there's no ceremony given to it. <laughs> they just, they just split the thing and he happens to die and they just keep on going. He's <laughs> so unimportant to the plot. They're like, nope, you're a douchebag and we're moving on. I love how there was no big scene. No, oh, pity me. No, you're a fucking douchebag. Bye. I love that so much. I hated him. Every time he was on screen, I'm like, how do I hate you more than laser squid nightmare creature from the upside down? <laughs> God, they did such a good job making him detestable, and they like he's not even like that cre like that creative of a character. He's just played that well that he's such a douchebag. Exactly. You've seen the same character a billion times, but he's done so well. We're still seeing that character in real life in yeah. in certain parts of the country. Oh yeah, it's just oh, it was great. Yeah, like I said, I was just I was literally like. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Because <laughs> he was out. Because he's out cold. I'm like, Lucas didn't kill him. Where? Where is he? I swear on my soul, if he makes it out of this season, and then you just see him just. <laughs> and and before that, when Lucas starts like beating the snot out of him, is probably the most satisfying. I've one of the most satisfying moments um, for a character who I've just despised. It is kind of sad that part of me was like, Luke just hit him one time too hard. Just one time. If you accidentally kill him, I won't be upset with you. <laughs> and no one else will either. <laughs> I think Hopper would be more than happy to help Lucas cover that up. Yeah. yeah, we just lost the kid in the earthquake. I don't know what happened. As you see them throwing his body into the crater. <laughs> uh, 
I guess what I can add to this conversation, yeah, Jason, biggest douchebag in television since Joffrey. Accurate. He's definitely up there. Uh, yeah, like the entire season, I've just been going. <sighs> yeah, one part of me is like, yeah, I understand satanic panic. You want to have a character like that. Yeah, they do a good job making him as unlikable as possible. But I, I'm not going to lie. Since Brock brought it up, yeah, that is kind of perfect that he's just killed off so unceremoniously. But I'm not gonna lie, I kind of, I kind of wish somebody got the chance to decapitate him. You know, we're already beefing up the horror and the gore aspects of this show as seasons go on. Come on, let's add some decapitation into the mix. <laughs> if the story would have been different, would you want to edit Eddie to kill him? Oof, oof, that would have been phenomenal just have him turn into like some upside down monster and then just yeah or just if he would have came back with the guitar still and literally just caved his head in with it i would have been okay oh. with that uh that would have been a crowd cheering moment <laughs> oh yeah hurt his guitar come on now oh cut uh, yeah I suppose that is right yeah we don't want to wreck that's, a that's PC just the rich. upside down copy of it though right you still got the real exactly one? Yeah, he's got, he's, he's still got his, his uh, prime. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, All right. Well, you know what? Let's rip the bandit off now. Let's talk about the moment. Yes. Because um, I've been I've been waiting like pretty much a week to to talk about um, how cool it is to see one of my favorite bands kind of back in mainstream. Not that they even went anywhere, but the fact that heavy metal is represented in one of the biggest shows on the planet right now is pretty awesome. I had to laugh so hard. Okay, before the conversation gets out of here, I know what I talked about this with Mike. I, I like everyone has different music tastes. Like Metallica never clicked with me. It was never, I never had family that was into heavier rock music. I grew up with a mom that listened to country all the time. I ended up growing up in the 90s, so I listened to a little bit of rap and whatever, but it was just like, even I was like, when that moment hit and that immediate, you hear the guitar going, I'm just like, you could not, physically could not have picked a better song. And before that goes to when they're trying to save her, we need anything, and he screams at him with the tape, this is music! And, and it's, um, it's oh, Iron Maiden's uh, The Number awesome. of the Beast. No, it's peace of mind. It's oh. not number of beast. Oh, both bo both are great albums. Uh, peace of mind is like at least top, at least top five for Iron Maiden records. But I mean, like that—that's kind of the thing I've noticed. Maybe it's just been a little bit more subtle, but I'm—I'm I'm just gonna go off on the tangent. So. Metallica has actually had to stick up for the use of Master of Puppets in this show. And I get that there's always going to be like the select people that bitch and complain about it. My thing is, this is actually handled well. Like, it's not something that's played for laughs. It's not something that's to go, hee hee, metal culture, so quiche and niche. I I'm just of the mindset that, like, <sighs> I'm just going to use a dumb example but this will illustrate my point if it was 
something like on you like if it was on the show euphoria and it was like one of the popular girls going he heat metal this is so dumb pretend to headbang okay i could see being outraged but this actually has genuine character moments it's literally joe quinn actually learned how to play master of puppets for that scene like granted the guitar solo is done by robert trujillo's son but it's still kept in the family it's not something that's you know just played for novelty or for laughs it's actually a badass heavy metal moment and a moment where i genuinely fucking cheered and no lie i rewound that moment as soon as i got done watching it i was like I need to fucking watch this again. Same. Rewind. Do it again. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen like that clip on on like Twitter and YouTube like at least a couple dozen times. Oh, absolutely! It has my favorite Eddie character moment in the entire show, and I explain it to people. I'm like, it nails exactly who Eddie is in one exact moment in the middle of that song. You see all those demo bats coming, and then Dustin is counting him down, and he goes, Eddie. We have 20 seconds, and the first thing he does is good. I can still fit the solo in, and just keeps going. <laughs> just like, and like you said, th- that is so good. It fits fucking everything to a T. And they're just like, is it on the nose? Yeah, because it's the literal most perfect thing you could have done at that point. Sometimes the obvious choice is the best choice. Yep. And plus that end, it's just well edited into the show anyways, and it's well done. Yeah. I I could not have picked a better, since we're already just into spoilers at this point, it could not be a better send off for this character as is. So I have very little to complain about. The, the only thing I would have added is maybe Erica kicking that one jock in the balls. Yeah, that that would have been. Um, oh yeah, that that would have been like the cherry on top. It would have literally been like the be- like it's already the best tasting cake you could ever have, but like that little extra bit of chocolate would have just made it all the more better. Lego, your thoughts on the Master of Puppets scene? Uh, well, I don't know as much about this particular uh, band and metal as you all. So I'll just say, I do quite enjoy the song. I would have gone way more on the nose and done something like um, From Whom the Bell Tolls. They clearly picked a way better song. Um, I do agree, Erica kicking the football player in the groin would have been great, but I do love that she shouted out crit hit when she hit him over the head with the flashlight. I think it was a flashlight or lantern, something like that. Um, I do love that he stayed to do the solo. I feel very bad for Corroded Kaufman, his band, who will never, never have anyone as good as Eddie in that band again. That is a tragedy. And I hope they still get together and, and play on Tuesdays in a safer, safer town. Because they deserve it. Yes. They do. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, something else I want to get into is the friendship between Eddie and Dustin. Which... Oh. As much as I love like Ed, like Eddie and and Steve's relationship, D- Dustin and Eddie just have like the perfect like the perfect kind of like big brother little brother um, dynamic that I'm sure all of us have had at one point. Oh yeah, I've always oh, felt it's... like Steve was his stepdad and Eddie was his brother. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. 
that that's the other thing that just makes that master of puppets bit so great too it's just that dustin j gets just as excited as eddie does about it it's you know again that's the thing i love about this show is just that there's so many crowd pleasing moments but it doesn't feel un like unneeded fan service it feels like it genuinely benefits the plot yeah the like these these moments feel feel earned um like again even going back to like the song selection you know th this show takes place in 1986 and kind of around the time that um master puppets was released so it doesn't it doesn't feel like oh we're picking this because it's popular no they're they're picking it because it's like it's close to like the actual um setting well, that and also you got to remember in season, I believe it was season two, just as they were starting to like introduce more stuff about Billy. They also had four horsemen in one episode. Oh, yeah. Good point. So, again, metal's always been in Stranger Things on some level. And plus, also, metal and horror are the best things you could combine. And they're literally my two favorite things on the planet. So, I mean, you know, it's a match made in heaven for me or hell, depending on your perspective. Exactly. Like, these the genres just go together, like, I don't know, peanut butter and chocolate? Pretty much. Uh, another thing that I also thought was just handled so well was just the Vecna versus Eleven showdown. Like, that was... You could almost just expect something a little bit more explosive, but like it just still has enough character moments in it to make it feel like it's not just something that's just being drawn out. Mm -hmm. Like for as long as this final episode is, like I. <sighs> that's my thing about this entire season is that the episodes are just too long to watch again and again, but at the same time. I don't know. Part of me doesn't feel like any of this goes into filler territory. Like the the closest they get to filler is the stuff in Russia, but even but even then, that's it's it's still it's still like meaningful character bits for for the people there. Maybe not necessarily the setting. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, what'd you think of the the showdown between Eleven and Vecna? I think it happened in a way that it needed to. I do like the piggyback. I piggybacked from a pizza dough freezer, I think was my favorite line in the show. Uh, I think it happened just the way it needed to with her at first trying to reach Vecna and then ultimately realizing that she's not going to be able to do that. And it happens so much through her realizing that she doesn't need to forgive Dr. Brenner for his behavior. I still maintain that they are really trying to absolve Dr. Brenner of a lot of bad that he did by having Vecna be ultimately evil of his own accord. I still think maintain it would have been better if he was kind of driven that way and it would have made more of a uphill battle for Elle to have to face because she would be more reluctant to 
battle him, I guess, mentally battle. I don't know. She'd have more like reservations about going up against him because she would feel more badly for him as they experienced kind of similar abuse. But I guess they didn't want to go that way, which is fine. I think it's a little more boring. <laughs> but I do like at the end where they basically just pull a Michael Myers on him and just set him on fire. They've essentially tried to blow him up. Nancy shot him. I really needed to come up to you know, Sheriff Powell and say, I shot him, Sheriff. I shot him six times because he disappeared <laughs> just like Michael. Out the we don't know where he is. It would have been great if they did some like zooming around the upside down looking for him. But yeah, I, I definitely liked liked the battle. Oh, I'll, I'll, right. I'll agree with Wait what you said that. about um about Dr. Brenner. I'm I, I'm not the biggest fan of them trying to do um a face turn for him. I I think it would have been a little bit more nuanced if he if he just kind of stayed evil and manipulative. But at least at least at least Eleven didn't actually forgive him. She just said like goodbye. You're 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 done. I I no longer think about you. And then just kind of moved on. I guess that's probably the best way you could close out that character arc. Also, now I really got these vibes, especially given that uh, Netflix is doing a Resident Evil series. Is it just me or was it Robin? Was Robin looking like Jill Valentine from the first Resident Evil game <laughs> down to the hat and the gun? I'm like, how did you not cast her as Jill? Netflix? Get on that shit. I will take my royalty check just for that idea alone. Well, you need to uh, take it from the resident, the resident Resident Evil junkie. The show they're doing is 15 billion miles away from what Resident Evil is. <sighs> I, I feel bad for Resident Evil fans who can never get a proper adaptation. Oh man, I, they had a really, they had a really I, good chance with that movie, but then it went ham. <laughs> I will only watch the Paul W. S. Anderson movies for a laugh. I will only watch a Resident Evil property if I hear it's any good. Now, yeah, and don't expect too much because the new show is supposedly in the Resident Evil canon, and now Wesker is Lance Reddick. Hmm. totally makes sense <laughs> May, to tie this into stranger things maybe the uh maybe uh i don't know the umbrella corporation found some alternate <laughs> dimension in the upside down everybody's obsessed with the multiverse now so stranger things resi crossover hey man so some of those demi things looked borderline like bioweapons from five so i'm not it's not really? completely far-fetched. I mean, we had Stranger Things in Far Cry 6. I've seen weirder stuff happen. <laughs> but, yeah. I, yeah. Well, hey, Dead by Daylight, too. Yep. Yeah. I, I, also, I guess, go ahead. also, to kind of get back in, like, more of the other characters, too, I still love that they still kind of have Mike be, like, the heart of the group, as Will was putting it. Yeah, he he is still kind of uh, the leader and and the heart and hmm. um we, we we need to talk about Will because as as much as I'm loving the show, I'm not exactly loving 
what they're doing to this poor kid. Do you know who the biggest villain in all of Stranger Things is? Who? Will Will's barber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Man, give that kid a better haircut. I used to have that. I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, and better fitting clothes. Yeah. Like I, I, I get the family's not exactly the richest, but come on, a little bit more effort. No, nah, I think he would be wearing oversized clothes. I reject that hypothesis. Yeah, like, it, ha it has sure. to be just right. Yeah, it is. Like the thing with Will is that it kind of felt like this entire season got written, and then they went, "Oh shit, Will Will's doing nothing." And then the, the, uh, to the point of where they were like, "Oh yeah, it's his birthday," and we showed it on screen again. Oops. And this entire time we kind of got the does he like Mike? That was like his entire plot point for the whole show. And then at the end they're like, oh yeah, he was one of the most important things in the show, and he's gonna be again next season. And then that was pretty much it. I'm just I'm just glad Brock and Haley agree with me that oh my god, are they seriously they're they're actually going to have Will have a crush on Mike. I was like, what? I'm not against people doing what they want, but so oh, me neither. To this, anything at all? It, there, there, there's subtext, and then there's text written on invisible ink. That's that's what Will's character arc is in this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there better be a payoff. That's all I'm gonna say for season five. Yes. Let there be payoff something yes even if it's not requited do something um let, let go i might i might as well ask um is this the most blatant uh, example of queer baiting you've seen oh no that's teen wolf i don't i really hope nothing ever defeats teen wolf or sherlock or supernatural so on and so forth no this is certainly not the worst but oh it was so poorly handled and the worst part is i think so many creators not only do they handle these things badly they have no conception as to how people on the internet then take that and use that as an excuse to be homophobic which happens all the time and is very problematic so many people were saying things along the lines of this was realistic for the 80s Yes, the show about monsters from the Upside Down is really predicated on reality. Yeah. That definitely needed to be realistic. No, or just people saying it was good representation. Like, let me sit down. And yes, you can explain to me how I was well represented. It wasn't. Uh, it was not great. In fact, I didn't even read this in any way, shape, or form as him in any way, shape, or form coming out. I thought it had much more of like a neurodivergent kind of text to it with him being just very awkward and being emotionally stunted due to like trauma mm -hmm. or just he, who he is naturally and losing a connection to a friend who's really one of the only friends that he has and not being capable of communicating that in a way that many other people would be able to. I think that was a stronger reading personally. I can totally see people not interpreting him being queer. I'm not even sure if that's what the Duffer brothers were intending to do or not, because they didn't and still haven't explicitly said what they were trying to do, which yeah, is the problem. Yeah. 
but yeah. okay that's that's a better articulate way of putting it i i i can i can vouch for you on that yeah. uh, that's that that's the problem with like with leaving things too open to interpretation like you have you have to have some sort of anchor to to a character if you're if you're going to if if you're going to like represent um some sort of of like minorities you have you have to like you have to take it in a in some direction you can't you can't just be like oh well you can come up with your own conclusions and it's also to the point like that was the only thing outside of giving that picture to mike that he did the whole season so you're literally only ever seeing that <laughs> you got no background where there was a time where he was by himself thinking about things that he was trying to show it was just that the whole time one part of me now now that i'm thinking about it i really want one of the first episodes of season five to just be will just losing his shit on everyone forgetting about his birthday the whole does he doesn't he with him and mike you know at l trying to repair the friendships and just be like hey we used to just play dungeons and dragons with each other now we're off fighting <laughs> monsters in another dimension and we never hang out anymore and lucas you're off with these jock douchebags trying to get popular and now we're literally just in the apocalypse yeah and outside of max and 11 dude's been through the ringer mm -hmm. y'all yeah. could have went hey <laughs> We need to talk. I want to go through some shit. <laughs> this whole thing started because I got lost. <laughs> like, come on now. Dude, yeah, actually, yeah. Have we talked much about Max yet? Um, no. We we have we haven't got there yet. Um, I'll I'll let you two um, do most of the talking since um, we we covered Max pretty thoroughly in uh, part one um so nick go go ahead uh one part of me was prepared for because i was seeing nothing but instagram stories about how the actor that plays will i'm blanking on his name right now um uh, they were basically kind of like getting ready to be like hey there's going to be a major character death and i was like oh god who's it going to be if they kill off steve i will riot <laughs> Eddie, I am mad they killed off a new character this quick, but at the same time, they kind of treat him the way um, they kind of treat his death the way they treat Dewey's death in the new Scream movie. They at least don't give him the lamest death possible, and at least it's well done, too. With Max, I was just prepared to be like, yeah, they're already building to it earlier, especially in Dear Billy, where they're like, yeah, Vecna's going to try to kill me. I am prepared to die. I am literally giving all of you goodbye letters in case I don't make it to the end. I still think so, that was one of the best episodes of the season. Oh, it was brilliant. Oh, and by the way, to add to the whole uh, running up that hill conversation in your guys' last episode, Within Temptation also covered that song. Yeah, I, I, I remember that from a few years ago. 
So I I was already prepared to go, okay, I'm expecting Max to die because they're giving us like really good character stuff with her and just it's been so well written with her and Lucas kind of reconnecting. And then they actually have the balls to almost do it. I don't almost. know how I don't know how they're going to handle it in season five, but making her basically comatose and like leaving it up in the air at least it's not best analogy i can use at least it's not deb from dexter the way she goes out and also it at least makes sense given just everything that's already happened like no lie like part of the way through the show once i got to episode seven i was like i need five minutes just so i can like process all of this so yeah i don't know i i'm gonna have to wait and see how they actually like conclude all of this yeah i'm i'm interested in how they're gonna um like how they're gonna use max going forward there there has to be a reason why they didn't just kill her off and i i hope i hope like she has sort of like a a more um like a critical role in the main plot and isn't just comatose the whole time yeah hopefully not because that would have just been like man you just wasted so much potential here if they do that but for right now I've got nothing bad to say. It's all well handled with Lucas and Eleven, especially towards that hospital bit at the end. And yeah. Again, just I just love how everything with these characters is just well handled. Oh, yeah. Um, Brock, what did you think about um, how Max's character ended up this season? That was the first time this season where I went what now why did we not let her go because i'm again i'm like everyone's gonna be doing stuff unless she's like partially stuck in the upside down she's gonna be stuck in a hospital bed i i literally racked my brain for a full day just trying to come up with stuff and i couldn't now the duffer brothers they're i am again Outside of a few nitpicks for the whole show, everything they've done plot-wise, I thought has been great. But I literally couldn't come up with something for why they didn't. And again, like Nick said, that build-up to that is fantastic. And then to show that a, a big chunk of this is to show that Eleven lost, essentially, still. Mm -hmm. What would have been a big thing of that? Her very best friend dying. Now I understand her trying to save her best friend is very much in character because Elle doesn't have a lot of friends and she's going to try and protect who she has. But I'm like, why? It could have been another, this is for Max type of thing. But yeah, I'm just going to wait and see. It's fine. That whole situation of her going down, a lot of people are going on about um, Finn's, Mike's speech about the heart and how he loved her and all that about how this is whatever all y'all need to put some respect on Caleb's name for the fucking 
how hard he went morning mm-hmm. max that dude was busting his ass acting his heart out in somebody scene. give that man an emmy <laughs> absolutely absolutely i was blown away at how well that was handled and no one talked about it from what i was seeing from like i watched it pretty early i think i was up at like noon that day and then watched it but everything was just talking about only about, like they deserve a lot of credit those two did a good chunk of carrying this whole entire last season. Give or take, I'm not saying that anyone else is bad, but they just serve more because both of them were great. And yeah, outside of, I'll be, it's like everyone said, I'm going to be a lot more critical of this next season. I literally can just say I'm waiting. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. Like, oh, what about, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the camp that I thought it was really well shot and i think they definitely should have just killed her sometimes you just got to kill a character off kill your darlings um i did in no way shape or form like that 11 really needed to hear her nasally boyfriend say he loves her and to fight for her to get motivated to save her best friend who is being murdered by her pseudo brother right in front of her i'm sorry writers that doesn't really work for her character development that much for me. Um, and you're just really having to try to make that romance and you're trying a little too hard. It's not as bad as the love triangle with Nancy, Steve and Jonathan, but still not great. And okay, I don't know why this is bothering me, but like I need confirmation that Max's mom died. Otherwise she is the worst parent on this show. All her child's limbs are all broken. She is in a coma and her mother isn't in the hospital sitting next to her what that's monstrous i didn't think about that until just now holy yeah you're 100 percent right i didn't think about that yeah that's a that's a good point also though she is also though she also was letting billy run wild in the previous season but that also could just be the stepdad too so i can't believe i didn't think about that holy shit even after just the whole the, with the notes that oh my <laughs> wow yeah okay it's certain things like that kind of that will admittedly slip through the cracks like at least that's my thing about this show too and at least even if we could pick apart the things that are left open I don't know. At least it still gives us things that are just enjoyable enough to keep us watching. That's just kind of my thing about this entire show. Yeah, that's that. That's fair. It's it's like when when the show hits, it hits bullseyes. It's it's only once in a while that it that it misfires. And it, even the misfires yeah. are never to like heroes or the series finale of Lost levels of misfires. Best analogy yeah. I can go with, just yeah, heroes, wasted potential. Oof. Yeah, for me it goes to the ending of Soul Eater, but that's just me. <laughs> if anyone's seen it, oh boy. Great build up and then it just goes. Um some characters we haven't gotten to. Um Argyle, who might who might be my second favorite of the new the new characters introduced. Yeah, that'll work just perfect. Like, what are you talking? What? <laughs> just him walking into that 
pizzeria just so that way they can get the freezer so that way they can make the sensory deprivation tank for l there was no better way you could have had them do that by literally just having a clone of him running the running the till and then yeah that was genius it could have it could have come off as really annoying in lesser writers hands but for what they're going for with this character in particular it works for for lesser writers and lesser actors who yeah it 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 may it may seem like um this actor let me get his name really quick argyle played by eduardo franco he 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 seems like the guy who's like just typecast as these as these characters but in his defense he's really good at it yeah uh, again it could be if this was like in a really bad rom-com this would not work but just given how mostly serious this season has been a little bit of levity isn't hurting it exactly um lego what do you what do you think of of argyle in in these last two episodes i mean still being just the best he walks into this strange new world he takes it in leaps and bounds he's like all right you need salt i'll get you salt are you sure this nina isn't a little woman what does he find tire tracks this man's on top of it he's probably the most important person in the california group because he's the one who provided the van I would have liked an end credit scene of him returning to California to his surfer boy pizza and getting fired. That would have just been hilarious, but I liked it where it ended. Also, where are his parents? Where are any of these people's parents? <laughs> Given pa- that parents, a- are, parents are the most useless characters in the show. Don't worry, Given that my least favorite dad to show back up again. God, I fucking hate Will's dad. <laughs> Given that this show is influenced by spielberg and carpenter and king it it kind of makes sense that the parents are kind of the worst though and just not there so i'll excuse it yeah but like even yeah uh i've got nothing really else to add to the conversation i thought i had something there but yeah Uh, argyle most underrated character in the show. He he's the unsung hero in this situation. That he is. Also, just given how we're talking about how we really need season five to kind of just bring it all home, I'm really hoping that Eddie gets vindicated in the next season. Yes, absolutely. Like they need to have like some kind of a subplot where it's like they're trying to clear Eddie's name for everything that happened in the previous season. And yeah, we they're probably going to have to publicly acknowledge the upside down and how crazy everything is. But for me, it's the only thing you can really do with it. I'm thinking unless the unless the Duffer brothers really come up with something creative that I just can't think of on a tired brain right now but yeah justice for eddie munson i have a feeling it's gonna come from dustin he's, oh, gonna, probably. Say, he's, he's gonna say something to somebody where it's gonna be like do you see this crap you still think eddie did this and you're looking at all of this 
I've, he's just going to bitch out someone. I don't know who it's going to be, but I have a feeling that that kid is finally going to explode because he is needed to. So <laughs> All these kid have. He does live in a town full of Jasons, though. So I was kind of surprised at the ending where it didn't have more people kind of doubling down on looking for the Hellfire Club after the earthquake. Oh, I was borderline expecting one of one member of the Hellfire Club to just get publicly lynched at that point. Especially when that one fat guy walking his dog was li literally just spotted Erica helping them out at Henry's old childhood home. Also, speaking of Henry's childhood home, no lie, I, I literally cheered when I saw the Robert England cameo. I'm just throwing that out there. Nightmare on Elm Street, one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm like, yes, more Robert England in everything. More. Yeah, the, fa the fact that he was even involved, even for just like a small role like that, is still pretty awesome. Oh, part of me is hoping that for season five, just given how big of an influence Carpenter is on the show, please get him to at least score an episode. Oh yes. my god, that would be amazing. Justice for Carpenter having to score a movie as crappy as that Firestarter remake. <laughs> Which I still haven't seen and probably yeah. never will. I partially refuse to it to watch it, but I'm like a part of me wants to see how big of a train wreck it is. Like at the, at the very least, I I might just watch it to listen to Carpenter's score, but that's about it. Oh yeah, and also I just remembered this too. Wasn't there a Firestarter poster in the background towards the beginning of this season too? When uh, when oh, Robin yeah, there and was, people were in the video store. Technically, we're not going off topic if we're talking about 80s stuff when we're talking about this show. True. 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 Um, let's see. Who who haven't we brought up yet? Okay, there's something we need to... There, there's a, there's two different love, love situations we need to speak about that have not been handled correctly. One, this whole bullshit with whoever... The, the, the chick that Robin had the crush on that magically is available again at the end of this season... <laughs> And can't make a peanut butter sandwich to save her ass. And then also, I agree with you 100% Lego. What was the point of all of the crap with those three? Just, it's fixed. Are we good? Of course we are. I didn't just spend a whole season with Steve <laughs> contemplating my life. <laughs> what was that? It's, it, it, it's messy. It's very messy. Yeah, well, they're teenagers. I get it. It probably is going to be messy. And also, I'm going to make the obvious joke that's obvious. It's still a better love story than Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I think there needs to be some kind of... Yeah, there needs to be some kind of like actual payoff or resolve to that love triangle. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of go like, why did you do this for an entire season then? Are we making bets on which one of them's dying to secure the other one dates the other one? Oh, it's gonna be I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, Why if, would you put that out there? If Steve well, dies, I, I riot. Well, it's Same. like the duffer and oh I agree. Like I said, he's my favorite stepmom in all of Hawkins. <laughs> but we just he they talked about how he was supposed to die originally, but he was just that good of a character that they kept him going. I just have a feeling that eventually something's going to happen with those kids and Steve's going to 
just going to have his moment. And again, don't do it because you want to have Steve have a moment. Make it be good. And yeah. do fucking not be like, Nancy, go love him. And then he runs into the distance. Don't, God, don't do that. Please don't. Mm, no. Oh, but yeah, just make their situation make sense. Just have Steve be happy. Whatever. Just don't have their only source of happiness. Like you were mentioning earlier, go be a pep talk for the character that needs it. You can do things other than that. I agree with you completely. Yes. (laughs) The fact that in the end, though, that Jonathan still hasn't told Nancy he wants to go to college in California to be near his mom and brother and Elle. Oh, seriously? After all that, you're still not just going to be truthful? Nancy deserves better, but Steve deserves better, too. They all just need to go their own ways at this point. It's 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 beyond played out. This is worse than Cheers. All I'm really going to say is, to Brock's point, I'm hoping for Steve's moment he does to whoever whichever character whichever villain he does what he does to that bat in the upside down to them yes that's that's the best way i can put it just if you're gonna give him that kind of a moment in the next season just everything that's going on yeah have him have that kind of a moment where he just you know, just goes fucking ballistic because those are my favorite Steve moments. And to Lego's point, yeah, God, I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, I, I'm kind of just agreeing with everybody. Just have this all just be one huge payoff, but just give it, just give it. Okay, train of thoughts back. There we go. I can understand not having Jonathan and Nancy kind of have their, you know, like, hey, we haven't seen each other in God knows how long. How have you been? Just given everything that's gone on in the past few days, they have time. They have time to figure it out. Like, even if it is off screen, yeah. Just ever given everything that's happened, I'm going to excuse it to some degree. Yeah, maybe they can address some of this in the first episode next season. You know, we're we're reintroducing the characters. We're you know establishing the new status quo. This is this is like the time to get all that stuff ironed out. Even if it's a throwaway line, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, any anything else um, that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, uh, I've got nothing other than probably this is the first season of TV in years, probably since Breaking Bad's final season, that I've been genuinely excited for. No, season four. I mean, since season four of Breaking Bad, I haven't been this excited for a final season of a TV show. Honestly, same. Um like just just the amount of fuck yeah badass moments and just how they're just building to everything for what comes next not gonna lie it's got me that hyped even if i've got to wait two years for it true i i I think one of the reasons i'm more excited about um the final season is that it's just that it's the final season it's not 
it's not that the show is getting canceled and this is like their last chance to wrap everything up. This has been the plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of back on my point, just, you know, being new to this show and just having watched all of it. That's kind of what I like about most of my favorite shows is where it could easily just end on the season you're currently watching and you wouldn't be mad about it. Like my favorite seasons of Buffy, the vampire slayer are easily the ones where they're like, God, is this show going to get canceled? It could easily end right here, right now, but then it keeps going. And when I say, and it keeps going, I don't mean that in the, Oh God, it keeps going, but you know, you get more of the thing you like. Absolutely. For for a while, that's how I felt about um, some some of the Arrowverse shows. Le- Legends of Tomorrow was the one where like they really they really were in danger of getting canceled like every season, and yet they kept going up until they got canceled earlier this year. Yeah, and and now man, I almost feel bad for Grant Gustin because there's got to be part of him where he's like, "Am I next?" Oh wait, I got another one. <laughs> like I'm sure I, I, I it's a paycheck, like he, but <laughs> I have a feeling he kind of wants out sooner yeah. rather than later. The second I saw him and Thawne having lightsaber fights with um, lightning bolts, I hadn't watched Flash in years, and then that turned up on my YouTube, and I'm like, I'm glad I stopped. <laughs> they went a little too far with that one. Yeah, just a little. Yeah, this is this is really good, and it's like it felt with this whole like through everything, through COVID, through all of it. It's it felt really good to have this on again because I did watch Stranger Things right away. I caught, I started watching with season three, and it just felt really cool to get all it through. And yeah, it feels good to have like the natural conclusion in that. I don't know, like. Did everyone feel, and I tried how I explained about this to people with these episodes of how they varied in length until the the last one was literally the length of the average superhero finale. I didn't, every episode had different runtimes, but I felt like they got the liberty to just make the episode as long as they needed that episode to be. And I think that's, that's one of the benefits of TV in the streaming era, because th- like this would not fly on on like network television. Oh There's, god, no. They they have to have the rigid schedule of 42 minutes that leaves like all the room for commercials and yeah. and whatnot. And they have to have like like 22 24 episodes per season. Yeah. And it the, like the streaming era gives creators a lot more freedom. Which is freedom that even even like the Disney Plus shows kind don't really have. Like for example, with the Marvel shows, it is it is going to hurt them eventually if if they keep if they keep like holding tight to the six episode structure. Yeah, uh, and that that's my thing again. It's that yeah, I'm not necessarily like going to rewatch this like every couple of months just because of the length but more than likely it's not to the point where it's a detriment either 
I like not once in any of these episodes did I feel bored or disinterested or just, you know, just went straight to the phone and just started surfing, you know, Instagram or something. Yeah. I felt like those, this volume two, like I said, I literally got up and watched it in my mind. I'm like, there's no way I just watched damn near four hours of this. And I looked at my, what the hell that flew by. I barely felt like it went. It was great. That's mm-hmm. why, like I said, if you write it well and you pace it, you don't feel like you're watching that long. Another thing specifically with Stranger Things is that it's not like the episode general like specifically matters. Like I will go and just watch a specific episode of Buffy that I like, but or Supernatural or whatever show. But with this show, the season is, that's the story from beginning to end. And the episode kind of doesn't matter. You can't just pick a random episode. It's the entire season is the story. And they just pick like, this seems like a good place to pause it. So that'll be the end of the episode for the next episode because it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, kind of like chapters versus episodes. Yes. Like yeah. yeah. That's a much better metaphor. <laughs> I, I, I think I think even like the episodes might might be titled like chapter one, chapter yeah, two. Yeah. yeah so and, yeah, that and they all look like even during the chapter bits at the opening credits, they look like they're shot on eight millimeter film even. And and they and they have like the sort of Stephen King kind of font of each Oh exactly. Each yeah, yeah. It'll be crazy to see all these people split off and see what they do after this is done. That's going to be because a lot of those kids are talented. Yeah. I I keep saying kids. Good Lord, they aren't kids anymore. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll call them young adults. Young adults. Because that really is what they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to believe that it's been six years since this show initially got released on Netflix. So, like, we're still used to them being kids, though, to be fair. Absolutely. True. Like, I was so buzzed when one of my favorite movies to come out in the last, like, five years is Free Guy. The fact that I got to have Joe in Free Guy was great. He was awesome. And I'm like, I saw him in Stranger Things. I'm happy to see these people try some other stuff. I would be upset when Stranger Things is gone. Yeah. But, if it does what they need to do, I'm happy with that more than, hey, the network says we need another one. No, end things when they need to end. <laughs> one, one more thing I want to bring up is um, it was announced earlier this week that the Duffer Brothers have um, a new production studio yep. called uh, Upside Down uh, Productions. And they announced a couple projects. Like, I think we already knew that they were doing a Stranger Things spinoff. Yeah. They're now doing um, like a stage show set in the upside down, and Brock, we we kind of talked about this briefly. Um, Netflix is giving a Death Note another another go in live action, and I trust it a lot more. A A because it's the Duffer Brothers production company doing it, and B it's, it's a series. fucking series. If I expect anyone who's going to actually care a little, that's the main thing. Death Note is not hard to adapt. You just have to care. It's a crime drama where you have guy who thinks he's God, people who try and stop him. And then you have drama intersecting at a point where it ends. Just give a shit in the in-between and you can make something nice. 
all of these adaptations, nine times out of ten, they go, well, the kids will come if we got the title. And then they don't give a shit. If you actually have someone goes, I really like this. Can I give it a shot? I trust the Duffer Brothers. Of all things, with Death Note, I could see it working. Again, as a series, it's cheap to make. All you need to do is Ryuk, and then every now and then when they show the Shinigami um, realm and stuff like that, which, guess what? It looks a lot like the Upside Down. <laughs> and if you do it well, and again, in a fucking series where you can actually drain it out and not try and stick three quarters of the show in one episode or one movie that was not good in the first place on top of it being mashed together where they just didn't even understand how the show worked, it could be good. Just care. That's the main ingredient that doesn't happen nine times out of ten. It's giving a crap. Mm-hmm. To your point, I'll be cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, I'm also of the mindset, if I hear good things, I will watch it. Yep. I want them to do one thing. Bring Willem Dafoe back. That's all you need to do. He was perfect. Yeah. He, he, was, literally the, he was literally the one redeeming quality of the 2017 movie. Hashtag justice for Willem Dafoe and hashtag justice for David Harbour for that Hellboy reboot. Oh, God. I learned recently Somebody... that we talked to Ryan Reynolds about how to bounce back from flops before it showed up in the theaters because he was worried. <laughs> Yeah, just just somebody give David Harbour a leading role in a good movie, please. Yes. I don't care if it's a comic book movie. I don't care if it. I actually, after this season, part of me wants to see him in like a John Wick, nobody style, hard R action movie. Same. Like he, you, he clearly went went through a transformation to get into that shape. I he said he will never do again. <laughs> I think he said he lost like 60 to 80 pounds. That's commitment. Yes. You know what? He was pretty kick-ass in the first season with those 60 to 80 pounds. I'm pro not having this fit six-pack action hero. Let's have a more natural-looking David Harbour kick some ass and punch some people. Let's go. I'm good Here with that. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Absolutely. Let's have him punch somebody the way he punched Carrie Elways. Just don't punch Carrie Elways. Yes. Just because Carrie Elways fucking rules. He plays such a good villain, though. That's yeah, true. true. But yeah. still, Carrie Elways rules. Enough said. He does. Yeah. David Harbour's own person I'm really looking forward to having stuff because, like, even the small little role we had in Equalizer was great. All he did was a random goon that got interrogated by Denzel Washington. He was fantastic. He he really needs more um more either either leading roles or like major supporting roles moving forward. And also, I want to see Winona Ryder doing more stuff. I was so happy when I heard she was in the show. <laughs> Why yeah, not? Uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. One part of this season, though when the during the Russia part where they discover the uh the other demogorgon in the prison no lie one part where they were doing the experiments and stuff I totally got alien resurrection vibes in a good way for a change yeah <laughs> yep given how 
much of a gigantic piece of shit that movie is at least parts of it are kind of entertaining and no lie that one part i'm like this is like if alien resurrection didn't suck dude trying to explain that plot to people they don't believe me (laughs) they just it's so bad uh, I just tell people it's Ripley has been raised from the dead and they are trying to clone aliens and uh, and Brad Dourif is fucking weird and batshit insane. So he's Brad Dourif. And yeah, in other words, he's Brad Dourif. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. So. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Any guesses randomly, I guess could be one last thing. Any guesses on what that spinoff could be? Because they've said it is a billion times different than what the regular show is. Hmm. That's a good question. I, I feel like it might have something to do with Russia since they, like they've spent so much time establishing this, this universe's version of Russia. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the tales <laughs> of Yuri, the great peanut butter. <laughs> Maybe (laughs) it would be different. I give them credit. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know who would be the Saul Goodman of this show to do a spinoff, though. Steve, I'm using. Yeah, Uh, I I can see that. As long as they don't, as long as they don't kill. uh, Actually, good idea. Have the show end with Steve getting trapped in the upside down and have him have like do all like the Conan bat badass shit fighting Demogorgon forever. There you go. I figured it'd be like Murray or something. I could be. That could I, I, be I, a could, good I could see that. If you do it right, could be a good comedy. Just have a ra- a random gr- a group of randos get stuck in the upside down, all of one one pick of each litter from your favorite groups gets stuck over there. Um, the other the other possibility for a spinoff would be. Um, do you guys remember in season two the group the group of um, like? I'm I'm not saying it would be a good spinoff, but. <laughs> The the backlash that season two, episode seven generated, just the the pure vitriol, the hatred that episode has is warranted. It was awful. Just so misplaced. I felt bad for all those people, all those poor actors that seemed like it could have been a cool idea, but they just bungled it so badly. That was definitely the biggest mess up the Duffer brothers did was placing that episode right there. It was horrific. And I really would not be interested in a spinoff. When you have that many people hating something to do a spinoff of it, it is a spite spinoff and I don't think it would work, (laughs) but I'm here for the spite. I I only care for spite if it's towards Star Wars fans. You know that, what? That's smart. Or or, yeah. or just bigots in general. Yeah, true. Fuck right wing grifters and uh, fuck Star Wars fans. <laughs> That's all. Uh, enough said. Hashtag Please. Star Wars fans ruin Star Wars. Star- nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Exactly. That's becoming more and more fandoms now. Almost at all instances, fans well, hate the show more than anyone. Well, uh, that's my thing about Stranger Things, though, and that's my thing about horror fans, is that, like, yeah, even if 
horror fans don't like something, they at least move on from it pretty quick, I find. You know, unlike, you know, a lot of fandoms nowadays where I just feel like either if the hate is justified, it's a bigger temper tantrum than it needs to be, or it's mm-hmm. literally just you are literally complaining about the dumbest shit and it has nothing to do with the filmmaking side of things or the writing. Yeah, just that an echo chamber on Reddit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker written by Reddit. <laughs> and they still hated it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's the thing I just love about stranger things is just that the most popular show on right now is a horror show and it's good it has references that like it's got no original bone in its body but that's kind of what adds to the charm of it and it's well written and the characters justify its existence i I think that's that's the thing um what the show lacks in originality in terms of this like in terms of like the setting and the story beats it makes up for that in the characters. Absolutely. Character work is some of the most important things and people forget about that. They're like, well, the plot's been done a billion times. I'm like, yeah, we've been making movies for over a hundred years. <laughs> There's literally five remakes of invasion of the body snatchers. Exactly. And how many different versions of a Christmas Carol and little women and, and the best version of the God, uh, no, uh, uh, oh boy, I'm blanking on it. Al Pacino, Scarface, Scarface is a remake. Exactly. Big controversial and- opinion for me as a horror fan. I actually think that uh, Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead better than the original. It is very good. It is very good. You are correct. It's very, very good. It, it's not about the concept. It's about execution. Absolutely. And I think that's a good place to leave this off. Uh, guys, this is a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, before we get out of here, Lego, where can everyone find you? Uh, I can be found predominantly on the YouTubes under Legoland13, which is L-E-G-A-U-L-T-L-A-N-D-1-3. And I make a lot of really ridiculous uh, videos sometimes that sometimes might make sense and other times make no sense at all. Awesome. Nick, where can everyone find you? Uh, Super Saiyan Death Metal God on Instagram. I post album covers, vinyl, movies, video games, just whatever I kind of feel like posting at the moment. Shoot me some binge likes and follows. I'll recommend you to my friends. I also mod for to add to the horror cred for me i'm odd for Catherine isabel from ginger snaps american mary hannibal and the order so go shoot her a follow come say hi on her twitch streams and we'll gift you subs and everything nice and brock where can everyone find you um you can find me everywhere at organoid zero i'm currently speaking of twitch um waiting because the laptop i've been using for a while is literally on life support in my new pc is coming in next Thursday. So I'll be fully back into streaming and doing more things then. If you like more story-driven games and like discussions like this, that's what 90% of what my 
uh, YouTube and Twitch streaming is. So everywhere at Organoid Zero, except for pretty, except for Instagram, because I don't use it, but I have one. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter at CaptainK42. You can check out my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And you can find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. You can check out Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. You can also find us on YouTube, on Podchaser, and the Banana Meter. Listen to all of our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And last but not least, everything can be found at renegadepopculture.com. You need escape, so do we. That'll do it for this episode of Renegade Marquee. We will catch you guys later. Peace out. See ya. Mornings are for coffee and